And now, from beyond our dimension, this is the Jeff Mara Podcast. Here's Jeff. My guest is Nikki Allen, renowned psychic of 31 years. For 18 years, she was a police officer and trained detective in the Essex Police. Following medical retirement in 2003 and by public demand, she has achieved a very high profile in the spiritual industry as a full-time psychic medium, spiritual teacher, writer, and angel expert. She has been published in many magazines, carried out European theater tours, made radio and television appearances, and today she is here to talk about her predictions for 2023 and her new book, The Rise and Fall of Britain's Best Psychic Medium. Nikki, welcome back. It's great to see you after about two years. Oh, my goodness. Doesn't time fly? It just shows you when you have a plan or you need to do something, get on with it. I was so shocked it's been two years. The thing that's really upset me, though, is you're looking beautifully slim and I'm not. I'm thinking nice thin face with you. Me, not so good. (laughs) Well, it's just that I made my head taller with my hair up. So now I'm skinnier. I'm going to have to like put my hair up. There you go. That works. Well, my channel has grown over the last two years, and a lot of people may not be aware of you and what you do. So can we just start with, you know, how you were a full-time detective and went from that to being a psychic medium? (laughs) It's actually the other way around. I was born a psychic medium. I come from at least, well, I've worked out at least fourth generation. Um, And my granddad's, my my paternal side, grandpa, he was just incredible. He was well known for working with Scotland Yard um, on murder cases. So I've been born into it. So I've always had that natural ability. Um, I always used to see things like heaven as as a baby. And I remember standing at heaven's gate and seeing spirit people, but I thought everybody could do that. But the reality hit when my dad died when I was nine and he um, died in a road accident. And two days after he passed, he pulled up in his car and said to me, it's okay, Nick, I'm okay. And so you can imagine, I went running home, screaming that daddy wasn't dead after all. And my granddad pulled me aside and said, you're going to see special people that have gone to heaven. You're going to see angels. Don't be scared of it. And, and it kind of just evolved from there. The police thing, don't even ask me why I was so obsessed with being a police officer because my family are like East End villains. <laughs> such a me they've gone oh the black sheep's out she wants to be a cop um and I was obsessed with it absolutely obsessed and literally within two months after leaving school I was a police cadet and I wanted nothing but to do that um and I literally had all of my focus on that I had a very very um traumatic adolescence where my mum married someone that was very violent so the kind of the spiritual essence of everything kind of took a backseat um, while I was grounded with all of this trauma and wanting to get into the police service. And then I, I, I'm ashamed to say it, um, when I was like 17 in the police cadets, we used to we used to like meet in this big hall like late at night when all the instructors were asleep and we had like a bottle of wine and a few beers, which was really naughty and, uh, and underage. <laughs> And I used to sit there doing readings for people and it was a bit like a circus act. I hate to say it because they say, oh, tell us about this, tell us about that. And I just used to do these little psychic evenings and not even think about it. 
And then um, I, all I wanted to do was be a major investigation detective. And I ended up being a bereavement trained major, inve major investigation detective where I looked after murder victim families and rape victims. And that was when it all started really getting heavy because I would see the murder victims in the room. So I would not ordinarily be the first detective to walk in and be the liaison with the family. And... Um, I'd see the murder victim standing by the... There's one, actually, that I mention in my book because I do put a lot of anecdotes of when I was a detective in the book just to show how it worked because, in the end, I ended up doing readings in the evening for people and investigating major crime during the day. Um, and Ronnie, I speak about in my book, I didn't get... I didn't get um, the permission in time to mention his actual name, but subsequently his wife has said it's not a problem. And it was a gangland hit on his doorstep. Um, and it was in front of his wife and three-year-old boy. And it happened right in front of them, like within feet of them. And then these people drove off on a motorbike. And when I walked in, you can imagine the grief, the pain, the chaos that was going on. And then the murder victim, Ronnie, who was a big security man, like Dorman, and he was just standing by the TV, smiling at me. And I'm like, oh, I can't, how, how do you cope? You know, I'm seeing the murder victim standing there and then I've got to try and be professional and deal with the family, you know? And it was very difficult. Funnily enough though, after six months, um, she kind you know, the wife kind of said to me, you're a bit weird because you say things that I haven't told you. How do you know that? And in the end, I had to say to her, do you get your TV change a lot? And so she said, what do you mean? I said, does your TV go to the Johnny Bravo? Do you know Johnny Bravo? No, I, no. Yeah. It's a, 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 a character in a cartoon called Johnny Bravo. It's American. And um, he's got this big jaw and he's all muscly and he's got this quiffed hair. And she went, oh, my goodness. She goes, that's been happening since Ronnie died because we used to call him Johnny Bravo. That was his nickname. And they always used to watch Johnny Bravo on the TV. So I said, it's him, darling. He's been here since day one. I said, he's absolutely fine. And then, you know, the relief and the comfort it brought her. And I thought, wow, I really need to split myself and be able to serve the spirit world um, and, you know, give messages to people in the evening and then work during the day as a cop. And then, you know, sometimes obviously I'd work nights and things like that, but ordinarily I was splitting myself in two. And during work, it was really difficult because sometimes you'd have to be professional and then you've got someone talking in your ear or you're seeing visions of something that um, you're looking at, you know, perhaps you're investigating something, you're talking to a witness and then you start seeing visions of what they really did and they're lying. And so how do you, how do you go to a court of law and say, Your Honour, I actually was told by a dead person that he's lying. <laughs> you can't do it, can you? So we ended up doing like anonymous tips, um, pretending anonymous people have phoned up to get the evidence in for court. So that was interesting. Um, but I got medically retired from the police service. I got an injury on duty rescuing a girl that stopped breathing and I ripped a lot of ribs away from my spinal joint. Um, and even though I was detective, um, wasn't frontline, it progressively got worse. Every time I moved my arm, you know, the, the, the scar tissue would be compromised. So in the end, they said, we're going to have to let you go. Oh, my goodness. And that obviously is covered in my first book, Me, Myself and I. Do you remember that two years ago? I do. Yeah. And, and let me ask you a question. 
this gentleman that was hanging around the TV, mm. does someone like him stay because he wants to be around his family or is he staying because he wants revenge on the guy who killed him? Do you know what? This is the thing, because I always, when I saw him there, in my mind, I'd say, give me some information. We knew who had done it. We knew exactly who had done it. But I said, give me some more information. Um, and he wouldn't. He was just smiling. I feel that he wanted to be there. And I, it's not It's not um, a regular thing. People don't ground themselves. They normally go up, do what they've got to do and come back down. Um, but he was there the first day. But he looked at peace. He didn't look like he was distraught or so I don't know if he'd gone up and then come straight down. I've got no clue. Every soul is different on their on their interaction between passing over and coming back down again in visitation. Um but he was calm and smiling and they were in love. They were so in love, these two. They were the perfect match in heaven. Um you know, and so I think he just wanted to be with them during the absolute chaos and grief and madness that ensued from that. Can you imagine? I don't know how she ever got through that. And her son is now a father himself and he's got his child. And she even keeps in contact with me now to say, you know, um, this is how we are now. This is how old Jake is. And I'm like, wow. And it just brings so much light to me. So he was okay. However, I've had a different side where there was a lady who was found murdered. Um, she was found in a burnt out car in a rug. And um, I was kind of like, straight away, I knew that someone was talking in my head everywhere I went. And it felt like it was her. Um, and she was telling me things um, to do with the murder. And she kept saying, it's my husband, it's my husband, it's my husband. And I'm like, oh, my God, how are we going to deal with this? And then I ended up going to interview a young lady. She was only 14. And when I saw her, I kept seeing her embracing the husband, the husband of the murder victim. And I'm like, that's not right. And they were in love. And I'm like, she's a 14-year-old girl, friend of the family. So cut a very long story short, um, I then was told by this lady to go into the evidence room and take a particular book out. So I went back to the evidence room at the police station, got this book out, and it was taken from the husband's van. And she directed me two pages um, that were relevant, and I didn't know what they were. And so I showed them to um, my partner at the time, his daughter, and said, what does that mean? She went, duh, that means marry, kiss, or avoid. It's a game you, you play when you're in love with someone. And when I looked through the note, she said, you'll find if it's secret that you'll have the name of the person who she loves. And it had the husband's name and this girl's name. So I put it to her and she just blurted the whole thing out. And basically they were in love. She was so ashamed and said, I'm not going to, because we couldn't get a motive. We couldn't find anything, you know, to um, to get hold of him and arrest him. Uh, he was completely, you know, he, got, he managed to get an alibi and all sorts of things. And she basically said, um, oh, yeah, I, I said to him, there's no way that you can divorce her. I can't live with the guilt. So he thought, oh, I'll just kill her then. And then I went to interview the nephew. Can you believe this? Went to interview the nephew of the, of the couple. And um, I walked into the interview room with my with my, my partner in crime, you know, another detective. And all I could see was him seeing her being strangled with a dressing robe called and him rolling her up in a rug and I'm like oh my god the nephew's involved as well 
And luckily, because it's a major investigation team, there was other evidence. We found a train ticket where the car was dumped and set alight outside the front door of the nephew. So with my evidence and evidence that we gleaned throughout the team, we managed to secure a conviction and um, lock up the husband who had killed his wife because he was in love with this young girl. So, you know, there's all different ways they interact. Some of some of the um, murders I went to, there was nothing. I was just a normal human. I didn't feel or know anything. Some of them, they were there like a shot. So really, perhaps as I'm talking to you, I should be doing another book, <laughs> The Psychic Cop. Yeah. <laughs> just do it about purely my police career um, because there's so many stories. I got in trouble so many times and... Um, especially with prisoners, because if I touch them to fingerprint them, I'd start saying things. Go, oh my god, you're a freak! You're a freak! Get away from me! You, you, how do you know that? And they would say, I don't want her near me, and it just used to create quite a few problems. It really did. Now you were born as a psychic, and I have many near-death experiencers that get psychic or psychic-like abilities after their spiritual transformation. Yeah. Do you believe the majority of psychics are born that way or, you know, get that ability later in life? I feel that we all have signed up for different experiences. And when I watch, and they're fabulous, your stories, Jeff. Oh, my God, they're so fabulous. But when I um, listen to them, I wait and watch and it's the same every time you go over, you see certain lights or atmospheres or certain things around you, and then you get your life review, whether it's Jesus because you, you're not, you know, you're comfortable seeing Jesus, whether it's Archangel Jeremiah because you're because he's the one that deals with soul transition. Um, or there's, you know, all different types of beings, even aliens people see, don't they? Because they've had an incarnation of the planet. So when we go over and we've done our review. When we go over and done our review, we basically have a situation where we then stay for a couple of generations. Then we have a choice to incarnate back down. Okay. Now, during that time, I feel like some of us, with all of the psychic knowledge and old soul knowledge we have, it's agreed that we come down still with that knowledge. I remember my previous, a lot of my previous lives. Um, I remember uh, lots of things that happened when I was one, two years old, which are impossible, but I can clearly see them and have had that psychic intuition. Some will choose when they come back down. I don't want to know about any of this, but I would like an, a human experience of a near-death experience, and then I want to be back open to the spirit world again. And so they choose that when to actually plug back into the universal energy of the celestial layers. Um, and then some, I don't want to know at all. I don't want any spirit connection this time. I want a really hard experience where I've got no faith and I just go forward and do what I want to do for that human experience. And so people, have, especially on TikTok, have slammed me. You know, the little haters that come in and go, oh, but they basically were saying, so you're saying that we choose all the bad things in our life. And I'm like, no, you don't choose it. But what you, what they, they need to look out the box. Our souls in this existence, in this lifetime, is a tiny speck of salt in a hot, huge ocean. This one, this one life. People can't accept that. They can't accept that we're eternal and that our souls just literally dip down to the earth plane or any other planet for an experience, then go back home to the euphoric um, celestial layers of heaven or reality layer, whatever you want to call it. And so they, they think, 
Oh, I can't believe you said that people, you know, choose their own lives. We do. We're in such euphoria and we're such at peace and there's no challenge. It's just love and calmness whilst we're up in heaven. And then if we choose to then reincarnate later on, we think, God, I really crave human experiences. I really want to ascend my soul and I really want to, you know, feel like it's like to be a murder victim, for instance. Or I want to go through this. A bit like this um, Celestine prophecies, if you've ever read that. It's a bit deep, but I'm trying to do the layman version of that which is we choose experiences that we want to have and the problem is when we're down here for me I get it because I can just link up and even though I have things I don't know what's going to happen in the future certainly don't know why I still have this condition that I have um, but I obviously chose it and so there's an element of acceptance with spiritual and light workers we think well this is our path what have we learned from it whereas the people that haven't chosen to plug back in if you like they're like, I hate the world. This has happened to me. Why has this happened to me? And they don't look at the bigger picture, which is we chose this experience. And when we get back up, we'll be bored again within a couple of generations because it's so perfect, you know. And, and so I honestly know, believe, whatever you want to say, is that we choose how much we want to consciously connect back home when we come down, without a doubt. And, you know, it's, it's really interesting because... And one of the chapters in my new book, The Rise and Fall, um, I talk about the esoteric cord, which is a silver cord that I've seen in photographs. I, I kept being shown at shows when I was first beginning this because this book, The Rise and Fall, this covers the transition from me being retired as a detective to the spirit world haunting me, and I mean haunting me, until I worked full-time as a medium. And so it, it covers that transition of um, me being this roughy tufty copper suddenly becoming this light worker. Do you know what I mean? So obviously chose that existence that 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 existence to take place and chose all of the things that went along with it. But it's basically all down to choice, eternal life eternal souls and choosing exactly what experience you want i'm not taking it away from people that are suffering and i don't know why they suffer i'm not the i'm not god i'm not the guru all i know is what they show me and what they teach me um and so the esoteric cord literally i don't read it up on anything i don't learn anything i haven't studied anything i wait until they show me and then I go, oh, okay. And then they back it up with a sign. So the esoteric call, for instance, these ladies kept coming up to me and they were showing me pictures of their babies that had passed away. And there was this huge silver rope coming from, you know, where their belly button would be, the solar plexus. And they're like, what is that? And I'm like, I haven't got a clue. And in the end, after the second one, I thought, oh, my goodness, I really need to go up and ask what this is. And my guide, Juliana, said it's the esoteric cord. It is the life cord that connects a soul to the spirit world. And when we know that life is going to make it, it then dissipates. And if you want to connect back in with it, you can through meditation, raising your vibration. That's how you connect with the consciousness. But at the beginning of your life, you are literally on this silver cord. And it's only because um, it's not, I, I didn't really want to show babies that had passed to show the photographs. But after that, if anybody came up to me and said, what is that on my baby? I go, oh, it's a historic cord. Don't worry, he's been taken back up that cord. His soul's been taken back up on that safety cord back home because he wasn't going to make it as a human down here. So even things like that are incorporated into the book, you know, and everything you've just asked is as well. And it's just, um, I don't know, I just, 
I don't fear death. I don't fear anything because I just know that this is like five minutes of thousands, millions of hours of our soul. And, you know, I think I spoke to you last time about, you know, my previous life, one of my previous lives was in Rome. And I thought, well, I'm going to go there and have a look then and see if it all makes sense. And it did. I found my guide. I found the church I used to live in in 1452. I found um, in the Vatican, the Pope who told me in my meditation, I looked after you. I found him and he covered Trastevere where I was a nun. (laughs) In Rome. And I found the proof I needed, you know. And it's the same with my other one, Carl. And I just, I follow the leads, a bit like a detective still. I follow the leads and then I think, wow, that, that's true. And that's how I work as a medium. Um, I don't share anything with anybody ever on all of my social media channels and my books. I don't share it unless I know it's 100% true. So what I mean by that is, is that, um, say, for instance, um, they say to me, okay, my name's Archangel, whatever, Azrael. Azrael was a perfect example. I've got a photo um, where I took a photo of my sister and I was sitting at the bottom of my mum's bed. I didn't realise my mum was dying, but then I heard this name, Azrael, and the photograph is just this creamy white mist all over my mum. The next photo completely gone. And I'm like, oh, my God. So then when I Google Azrael, when we get back home, it's the Archangel that presides over people that are dying, and it brings calm and comfort to the humans around the situation, but then eases the transition of the soul leaving the body. So he also, along with Gabriel, helps bring spirit people down there, saying, come on, mate, you're coming up now, you've passed over, you know? Um, so nobody's ever alone when they pass, ever, because they've got all their spirit family saying, come on, mate, come up with us. Um, and so I'm like, okay. So I hear the name Azrael, never heard of it in my life, got a photograph of a cloudy, creamy mist. And then when I Google it, it's then presiding over bodies that are about to pass. And he works on a creamy white ray of colour. And I'm like, wow. And my my mum did pass, unfortunately, a little while after, even though she just had a broken hip. And so they kind of know that I am still a detective and that, the public are my jury and I need to show evidence to them of to how I've got to whatever spiritual conclusion I've got to. So uh, they know that now. And it's the same with when I link with spirit people. My guides must go, do you know what, mate? You're not going to even get in unless you give a, at least an address, dates, names, how tall you are, what job you did, what your hobbies are, what you was buried in. You've got to give us something like that or she won't be interested. And so that's how I do it. I don't want to give generic rubbish to people. There are certain people that I watch and I think, oh, my goodness, you are so going to get the come because they're just feeding the public with rubbish, which doesn't help us genuine mediums. But what I will say is it's like this book. I'm so proud of it. It went went to number one um, within, I think it was four days because it's so full of afterlife it's proof of afterlife time and time and time again and there's even um, people that have decided to write a chapter in there to say their experience and most brilliantly they were skeptics so for instance one of the chapters is about people with dementia um and I recall and people in comas and I recall having this young boy come to me and I realized I was I was doing this show in London And I realised he was still alive in a coma, but he managed to talk to me. And so I'm like, wow, how how can that be? 
Um, so I literally carried on talking to him. He said, she's in the audience, she's in the audience. And I found um, the lady in the audience who was his brother's girlfriend. And even then he said to me, can you tell my nan to turn the music off? I hate it. She's got it on radio too. I hate it. I want to listen to like hip hop. And she was like, oh my God, that's what his nan does. And I had the same with people with dementia. They are completely aware of everything that's happening around you. Completely aware. Completely aware. And um, and they literally will say, you know, there was one one of the ladies that I talk about in the book, She's she's got really severe dementia and she's just la-la land all the time. But she came through to me and when I ascertained she was still alive, I was like, wow, never had this before. And she said, oh, yeah, um, Brian comes and he looks after me. That was her carer's name, nurse's name. Um, I know the girls can't make twice a week, but please don't worry. You come Saturday mornings um, and that's fine because you'll be bored here anyway. And she goes, and I'm with dad anyway half the time. He either comes down for me or I go up and see him. And she said, oh, and by the way, tell Brian that um, I'm really pleased about his promotion and not to worry about me because the new carer who's called whatever her name is, Brenda, she'll be just as nice as him. And they were like... I can't believe it. Her nurse is called Brian. He's just been promoted. He's going to another home. And the new lady's called Brenda, who's going to look after my mum. And so it's just that you can't negate it. You can't, no skeptic can say anything about that at all. I'd be, I'd be interested to see how they would actually, um, you know, kind of get away with, I don't know, how they would explain that one. And so there's these most gobsmacking stories in there, hilarious stories. Because I've gone, I've gone from a detective, like investigating murders and kidnaps and, you know, all sorts of things. And then suddenly I'm dealing with like spirit people and I've got to be all nice and spiritual and all lovely. And they're throwing me into these spiritualist churches and I'm like, you know, a potty mouth potty mouth that I have and I'm having to be this angel where butter wouldn't melt bringing spirit people through it didn't work <laughs> it didn't work um and there are some really funny stories but they all are amazing accounts through my you know because my house was alive I had I had my light bulbs exploding. I had my my chandelier above my head swinging, stopping midair, and then swishing past me. Doorbell ringing, people might calling my name every night. Nikki, Nikki, and my partner, who was a police officer at the time, he said, "For God's sake, Nikki, what the hell is going on here? Do we need a priest?" He could hear them as well. Oh. So that's great, great proof right there. And then a baby started screaming every night. I checked, as I do, I checked the neighbourhood to make sure nobody had a brand new baby or there wasn't anything coming through on comms or anything like that, nothing. And this baby, every time I went into one room, the cry would go to another room and then another room. And my friend phoned me up. I'm giving you a few spoilers now. My friend phoned me up and said, I'm really scared. I'm going to go and see a medium. My mate's kind of dropped out because they didn't come to me because I know him so well. So I said, okay, I'll go with you. And when I went up to the door of this medium, she opened the door, she ignored my friend and said to me, you will not have that baby stop crying until you work for the spirit world. Wow. That's what she said to me. And I, that's what I did, Jeff. I was like, wow, oh, my goodness. Okay. And within a week I was in her circle, and within a couple of months I did my first public show in front of, um, I think it was about 100-odd people, 
And I, <laughs> I quite graphically describe how terrified I was um, in the book. And um, but amazingly, thank goodness. First of all, they were very judgmental because they're thinking, you know, I was only I was only thirty three at the time. Turned up in jeans and a floaty blouse. And normally mediums are like, what? You know what I mean? And they're like, she's rubbish. She's young. She's like, who do you think she is? And you could feel that energy of them judging, thinking, is she any good? Is she any good? And the first couple of links, which means the first couple of communications I had with spirit people, nothing. And I thought, oh, my God. And I really did just want to run. I so wanted to run from there. And then suddenly this man came through and he had driven his motorbike off a bridge. But before he'd killed himself, he went to a pub, to a bar, saw his best friend who he named. He named the pub Royal Oak, mentioned his his um, best friend's name, his name, and he said, I just want you to say goodbye, and I'm so sorry I brought him so much pain. And then, I, and then I see him drive off a bridge, and this woman goes, oh, my God, that's my husband. That was his best friend. He drove off a bridge. He drinks at the Royal Oak. And suddenly everybody sat up, and that was it. I can't tell you. It just literally went, <clears throat> within months, I was all over the UK. I was already being asked to do my first documentary on the TV, um, The Moors Murders. I don't know if you remember those back in the 60s. And um, I had magazine people coming to me. It just exploded magnificently. And I was so lucky and felt so blessed but with that came a lot of jealousy. There was a lot of problems with established mediums who didn't like the new kid on the block. Again, it's all in there. And it's just a really beautiful, funny, tear-jerking journey to me being trained by heaven and angels and spirit guides to do their bidding. That's what it's about, basically. Um, and... I, I truly did reach the heights of anything anybody, you know, could. I, I'm, I'm sure you've, you've seen the Sixth Sense over there in the US with Colin Fry. He did a lot of work with James Van Prague. Um, and I've, I, I was under his management. I've worked with all the best mediums. I've had 5,000 people, you know, in front of me in my theatre tours. I was just about to tour America, come over to you, and uh, Australia. I'd just been um, approached to do a TV show on Discovery Channel that I was going to travel around the world investigating paranormal phenomena. And then suddenly I had a road accident. And my whole life just ended then and there in every single way. So been a journey yes <laughs> you write and talk about how psychics and mediums can predict the future yes can you tell us a little more about that yes yeah again that's in there it's um what I didn't know how I knew things in the future. It only happened when my I had a guide come to me, again explained, Catherine, who came to me because I used to be able to, when I went to, I went to a place I call Hogwarts, which is called the Arthur Finley College in Stanford in Essex. A lot of people from the US go there, actually. And I, I wanted to hone my skills. I felt I was very like a rough diamond and I needed a bit of polishing. So out of curiosity, I thought I'd give a week there and see how it went. And... <laughs> To my, I'm so ashamed when I, I'm actually feeding myself heat because I was so embarrassed at the time. Oh, no, I mean now. But what happened was every, I, I was doing a psychic course, okay? And that means, psychic means um, energy between you and a soul in front of you or an object, 
you know so you're blending with the person in front of you in that object medium means you're getting information through a different source a spirit person so there was no spirit connection allowed at all you just had to literally sit in front of a person and tell them about them and feel their energy met blend with their energy and work out so um i sat there and was couldn't get a thing right and to my shame, after about 20 minutes of a going, no, no, don't understand, I started crying and I ran out of this class. <laughs> so embarrassing. And then that's when Catherine came. The follow- I said, I'm not being funny. Why? All I could see was spirit people. I couldn't even, I could not say anything about the person in front of me. So Catherine, this guy turned up following day in a meditation went uh, and she had these runes and she blew them and they turned into white doves she goes I'm now going to give you the art of prophecy and you'll be able to blend with human souls so that gave me the ability to see medical issues and you know x-rays of people and also predictions so I was very worried about this and I do say this in the book as well because some people won't do it because the way they'll get sued and I'm like well try and sue me if you want but I'm, I'm literally doing this to try and help you biggest one for me even though I'm not a mum is babies I, I know when they're going to be born I know what sex they are I know you know how much they're going to weigh I've done all sorts of things like that so I'm then thinking well hang on a minute how do we know the future you know because it changes all the time with free will um and so I went up spoke Catherine was there and um Julianus was there he's my one from Rome and I said, right, what's all this about? How can we see the future? And it really correlates to what my dad told me from the spirit world when I was really young. They call them, I call them landmarks. So there are landmarks that take place in a person's soul. So do you know when we spoke about coming from the spirit world, coming down here, and we've got a life plan, we've agreed certain experiences. So our guides up there have got this life plan. Okay, so they know that there's certain spikes that you want to achieve in between is your free will. But there are certain spikes of energy that you need to achieve um, to get where you're going to go. And so these landmarks and these spikes, your loved ones and your guides have got the info on. But you, you forget it when you come down here. Some of my landmarks I know and some places I know where I'm going to live or where I'm going to go. But most of it obviously is a mystery for me as well. Is what's the point? And so what happens is, is these landmarks could be in the future. So if you, for instance, get someone that comes to you and says, I just can't do this anymore. I'm with someone I don't love. I've got no money to move out. I can't do anything. Then a loved one or the guide of the soul that you're doing the reading for goes, she needs a bit of help. She's in crisis. Give her, give her this, Nikki. And so they'll give me perhaps the next positive landmark and they'll go tell her that she will be in a house she will be on her own away from this person her kids will be fine and she's going to be living here I've done that loads of times as well so I go okay trust me when I tell you you, do you understand everything I've said to you so far yes so right trust me when I tell you in the future you're going to be in this house and again you know it's I've, I've got a couple of anecdotes in the book to explain this so basically upstairs have got our life plan and if they think that it's going to help you get through to your next landmark they'll come in and give me that information other times you know some people say what do you think I say I have not got a clue I've not got a clue I don't know what's going to happen in your future because obviously their soul guide and their loved ones think she doesn't need to know this she needs to go through this experience does that make sense and also I then asked about why is it I remember Jeff oh my god I woke up 
thinking I was soaking wet. I, I dreamt I was walking through the main street in New Orleans, okay, and there were sharks going past me and sea life. And I'm thinking, perhaps, I'm, you know, I love diving. I adore the sea. If I could live in it in a wood, I should be a mermaid. And um, I'm thinking, what? Why, why is there sea life going past me in the main street of New Orleans? And then the following day, Hurricane Katrina hit, didn't it? And it flooded New Orleans and there was sea life in the main street. And I'm like, wow. And then I remember I woke up, crying my eyes out, really distraught, thinking I've forgotten something I should be upset about, but I don't know what it is. And then when I went, I was on a hockey tour at the time with the police. And I went downstairs, everybody goes, oh, my God, Princess Diana's dead. And I'm thinking, why am I, why am I feeling it? So I then go back up to my guides. And this is why I say to everybody who's a developing medium or people that want to know more about this, meditate. The higher you raise your vibration to meet their vibration, the more you're going to get access to them. And so I went up and said, why am I feeling sad about Princess Diana? What, what, why have I woke up feeling like it's you know my personal death in my family? And so Juliana said, you have all psychics and light workers, sensitives, have access to the spikes of the universe as well as individual souls. Not all of you have, but some have. So what happens is, is you feel the energy of the planet. Okay, so you can feel down, you can feel whatever. So it's a big spike like Princess Diana dying. That is going to create shock, horror and sadness around the world. So you will feel that. And it was the same with Katrina. And I'm saying, well, I can't do anything about it. I said, no, it just shows that you are running along with the universal pulse and are totally plugged into everything that's going on. So, for instance, you know, when Michael Jackson died, I dreamt that night that he'd injected um, ketamine. And um, I woke up and I said to my partner, it's really weird. I've heard this really weird about Michael Jackson. He went, well, he's dead. I went, what? He's dead. And I said, it's, it's painkillers. There's something not right there. And then I started getting panic attacks all day. I started just crying for no reason because I was connected to the universal vibration of, the, of how humankind has reacted to his death. And so if you, anybody that watches this who is an empath and intuitive, a light worker, psychic medium, we're going, oh my God, yeah. We feel the vibration of the universe and that's how we can predict things. The problem is, what can we do about it? Because if you, who are you going to phone? Who are you going to call? Ghostbusters. <laughs> right, right. Well, and it sounds like to me that you tap into this right before it happens. So I don't mm. I'm not sure what you can give us, but do you have any predictions for 2023? Uh, do you know what? I, I saw back in 20, well, I predicted COVID about 12 years ago, I think it was. I predicted COVID, knew that was happening. Um, but what I've, what, and lots of things, the Queen dying, Prince Philip dying, things like that. However, when I connect, I have to at the moment avoid the nose. I, I don't even watch the news. I can't handle what's going on because I feel like we're still in an element of chaos. There is some... Uh, did, did you just see that big white flash go across the screen then? Uh, maybe. It was quick on my end. That's really weird. That's really weird. There's no reason for that here. Um, so there's a lot of chaos. I feel particularly here in the UK, there's going to be uprisings and there's going to be a lot of um, civil problems here. Um 
most probably because I don't know if you've even heard of it over there or it's happening over there, but we're getting this thing where we've been told we've got to stay in zones and you're not allowed to go 15 miles past your zone without getting fined. So they're basically trying to keep us in these districts, but like Hunger Games, outrageous. And um, I knew there was a food crisis coming. I still think there's going to be food crisis. I still feel that there's going to be massive uprise. I feel unsettled. I feel apprehensive. I feel scared. I also dreamt a couple of days ago um, that China were going to be a threat. And I actually said that. I said that. I can't remember where I said it publicly but China Russia I feel we've got a massive I'm giving you the bad news at the moment hang on a minute mm -hmm. but there's feels like there's a massive upsurge or an ally situation I don't know anything about politics I'm gonna not gonna lie um but I just keep feeling that the Ukraine situation I feel like it's gonna get worse I feel like we're gonna have your country involved this country involved, every, and there potentially is going to be fear of world war. But I feel like towards the end of the year, it's going to dissipate and something's going to break that will then break all this down. But um, I feel like people are just getting more and more fearful. They're feeling more controlled, and I feel that's everywhere. So I do feel that is possibly going to get to a, a, a situation where it's, oh, my goodness. Again, unfortunately, the thing is, we've created such ill balance in the planet. And I've already asked about this with um, Archangel Eero, the Archangel of, you know, the planet um, and animal kingdom, all the rest of it, and Gaia, Mother Nature. And they are kicking off against the abuse of the planet. So unfortunately, Indonesia is another place I keep seeing. Um, Africa, there's lots of weather disasters coming up weather disasters coming up where um, it's just going to get more and more. You know, I know we've just had the earthquakes in Turkey here, but I just keep feeling there's going to be flooding. There's going to be even worse stuff. And people perhaps say that's generic because it's already happening, but it's not letting up yet. Still, I still feel like we're going to lose a lot of souls in this year due to natural disasters. The good news is, though, is that I feel like there's a big overhaul of more people thinking spiritually and holistically. So there's people that are giving up on Western approaches. They're giving up on um, the doctors. They're giving up on tablets, on medication. Um, and the pharmaceutical companies might get hit with this. This is a slow grand progression that's already happening where people are going to start thinking about going off and finding other means. So we may have some sort of growth in, in medical cannabis, something like that happening, because I just keep feeling people, every time I try and zone into humankind, I keep seeing visions of, do you know in the 70s, like, yeah, peace man and all the flowers and everything, I keep seeing that. And so I just keep feeling there's going to be a big spiritual overhaul. We're going to get more children um, that are spiritually aware and they're going to remember that. So we're going to get more children talking about previous lives without a doubt. And that's I know that's happening already. Well, I don't, but I know if you know what I mean. Um, in respect of people, figures and things like that, I'm just asking as we go in. So I completely forgot that you wanted to. <laughs> I was going to do any predictions, but is there anything you specifically want to ask about anything? Because at the moment, we're still in unrest. Everything is up, down, up, down at the moment, politically, um, weather-wise. It's just not settling yet, and it won't for a couple of years. But I do not feel, you know, people are, are emailing me saying, are we going to go into war? I don't know anything about it. Um, and I say, well, no, but it's going to get close. And everybody's going to get scared and then suddenly something will break it. Something will break it. 
And it's like, you know, your leader, I'm not feeling great energy around there. I don't know if he's going to, I don't know how politics work, darling. I don't know if he'll have to step down or something's going to hit there. But I said about him, I think it was year before last, or there's something that's going to hit that's going to create him shortening his leadership period as well. I saw that before. Um, I don't think it's hit yet, and as it has, I haven't got a clue. Um, what else? Anything mm. else you can think What of about you? economics? Economics, I feel that there's, again, I feel that there is a massive controlling environment going in at the moment, and I don't know why. And so I feel like they're going to try and get us to go more um, digital. I feel like they're trying to get rid of the power we have by having our own money in our hands. That's what I'm feeling. And I don't know if we're going to break that or not, be brave enough to break it. But I've been seeing that for three years. Do you know, like they're talking about Bitcoins and things like that. I don't know if it's so much that, but I've got a feeling that it's going to be more like social credit. Do you know, I'll tell you what, when, when I last did this, I last went up and asked and said, what's happening this year? Then I always do it at the end of like, you know, the year. So what's going to happen next year? And they showed me, do you remember um, Total Recall, mm -hmm. right, where there's implants in the mind and you have credits, you don't, there's no cash, you have credits. And if you're like a good citizen, you get more credits. And if you do this, you get more credits. If you take your vitamins, you get more credits. And I just keep feeling that we, we are possibly taking that route at the moment if it isn't pulled back by someone. I don't know if there's going to be a leader in any of the countries that's going to say, right, enough's enough. But at the moment, we're going down a path of them trying to gain credit control, if that makes sense. I don't know how your in interest rates and things are being played around with there, but they're stopping younger people from, like, getting property they're stopping people from borrowing money at the moment uh, but they're now controlling people by saying save save money with us and they want us all to put money into their banks because they're giving us more interest rates on savings and i asked about that what's <laughs> the volume up there for me i'm always asking questions and they're like it's because they want to control and want to take away the power of you having your own money here it will be on, they said, boxes that will say, well, this is how much money you've got. It won't be tangible in your hand. It will all be digital and possibly linked to how you are in, how your status is in society as to how many credits you're given. And I hope it doesn't get to that. But every time I see, when people say, what do you think is happening with money, the economy, the political environments, I keep seeing total recall. That's the covert slow burner. However, I do feel towards the end of the year from, I think it's like May, June, July onwards, there'll be sweeteners to, so there's not so much unrest. So you'll be seeing interest or borrowing rates go back down again just to give you a little sweetener that so you think, oh, they're good, they've, they've helped us out. And then again, we'll be pulled back again. It's just, I just feel at the moment there's elements of control and it's going to possibly blow up into chaos. We've already had riots here um, concerning this zoning issue that's going on, I believe. I think someone said about it. Um, and that's the beginning at the moment. We're going to have to have a bit of a tussle with the government and the people in control 
and get an equal balance again. And I thought that would be achieved by 2022, but it's not. It's just been extended. I think by 2026, we'll know where we are in the world. But I just keep feeling this undulating feeling of not knowing and fearing the control of it. Thank you for sharing those predictions with us. In your book, okay. you also write about pets in the spirit world. Can you tell us more about that? Oh, good. Uh, I cannot wait to get book three out because I held back. I've got about 15, 20 stories of people that have had it proven to them that their pets are in heaven. But I didn't want to put it in this one. I want to put that in what happens when we die, my third book. So the second one, I thought I'd touch on it, though, because obviously, you know, I do. My, my pets are my babies, and this is the same with other people. And pets have got souls, and they go up to the spirit world exactly the same as we do and just you know I, I I take a personal journey and a personal view on this one where my dog Mina passed and I told her she could go back to the spirit world I knew she was going I knew she was going um, because the angel realms told me 13 was a number that was a patient number it was a road we drove along and it was the 13th of July when I first took her for this lump that she had um, and then after she passed my friend phoned up and said your dad's just come to see me look for the rainbows um, that would be Mina's sign. She'll be with you during that time. So every single day I saw a rainbow and I had to go into a spiritual retreat in Scotland two days after. Thank goodness everybody knew me on the retreat. All the students knew me. So they were quite happy for me to just burst into random tears now and then. But it became a bit of a game because it'd be, oh, my goodness, there's a rainbow, Nikki. And even when I got back, I was headlining at um, the uh, Olympia, the Olympic Stadium at um, London and I was headlining as the main medium there and as I was going up on the train I thought I haven't seen a rainbow today and as I thought it a man limped forward and um, he basically had the rainbow in his collar the rainbow bridge is known because um, when I see pets go to the spirit world they go through like this prism light and people have, have, have likened it akin to a rainbow. So I think that's where the, the saying rainbow bridge came from. And I remember going into meditation, um, asking where Mina was, didn't see a thing. And then I was doing a show in the south of England, went down there, had to stop to answer a phone call. And the shop next to me was Rainbow's End. So I knew that I wasn't going to see rainbows again after that day. That night, as I was getting ready for the show, just uh, backstage, um, my dad came along randomly in my head and I'm like, oh, no, go, go, go. I need to bring people through. And he just whistled and then Mina come running up next to him. And, you know, there's synchronicities in there about how people sent me pictures and various things just to, you know, I'm just cutting a long story short. And so I know 100% they're up there. I know that that they're with your spirit family and so many people report seeing their dogs back down trotting around jumping on the beds um you know snuffling up under the pillows and so people have to know that your pets are exactly the same as people they got to spirit world and I do this lovely story of this beautiful man who kept <laughs> bringing spirit people through he's going yeah yeah oh yeah she's lovely and then I saw his horse he was on the floor, absolutely crying his eyes out because all he really wanted to come there for was to see if his horse was there. Um, and I actually did create a guided meditation because of the amount of phenomena of people reporting it. 
I've obviously done many guided meditations to go to the Crystal Palace, go and visit your loved ones because we can all do it. And I did one for Pet Heaven, the Rainbow Bridge, and the results have been astounding. People have just gone up and seen their, you know, seen their beautiful babies. Um, and now and then I see my Mina, I see all my other pets as well. My dad is looking after them and a lot of spirit people that come to me and give me... Um, like they say, oh, just say that I've got the dog. So normally a spirit person coming through will say who's looking after the pets. You know, some of them quite reluctantly, like, yeah, I've got the dog. <laughs> so there is a, a zone, an energy where they reside. Um, and it's right next to reality layer. I, I do a full man-made map of heaven in my next book. But um, in Rise and Fall, I did just give it a little bit of a contribution there of the fact that they are in this rainbow area, which is right next to reality layer, which, which we know is heaven. And they just mingle together. And then most spirit people, one person will say, I'll, I'll look after the animals. Mm. And so when you get that nan come through, she'll bring all the animals through. I've had people come, the animals they've brought through, it's like chickens and blinking birds and God knows what. So that then led me to, well, hang on a minute. You know, if you're going to KFC, are we going to have like thousands of spirit chickens? Um, and it's a very complicated answer, but the short and simple answer is there are some animals that come down here that have got more of um, an evolved soul and they are ready to experience sentience and love and connection um, and they are more advanced, so they go up to the, the spirit world. So I assume that stock, I hate saying it, livestock and all of that stuff, I assume they're young souls that are just down here to have that very, very short experience. Um, and then I assume, I still don't know the full answer because they never really tell me the full answer on this one. I don't know why. I assume that eventually they may evolve to have, you know, um, a sentient soul. And I say, well, what about in insects and birds? And basically, all Junet, he gets quite impatient with me sometimes and he just said we're all matter Nicola he calls me Nicola only my doctor calls me Nicola and Juliana's and he says we're all matter Nicola we all connect as one only some of us though consciously connect to our soul and the source so that's how we kind of, I've just said a man walk straight through the kitchen then stark shadow just walk straight across the kitchen he mostly thinks I'm going to be doing spirit readings. Quite a big, nice tall man. It's random. Hello. Um, and so that's how it works. You know, they're all part of, we're all part of um, the universe, we're all part of um, matter, we're all part of the omnipresence energy. And so we all reconnect back in. And I think that at some point, perhaps animals then evolve and want to have that experience of love human connection human interaction that's the best way i can put it again your book is called the rise and fall of britain's best psychic medium where can people get it they can get the kindle version and the paperback version on amazon um and if they want or it'd be difficult actually for the us but there is um i, don't, I was going to say sign copies but it's a nightmare getting them over to you um but i do i have decided in my wisdom it took me months darling because obviously i've got my my chronic fatigue and my um fibromyalgia right but i decided i can't i couldn't afford to do a professional actor voiceover person 
So I read the whole book out and recorded it. And there's an audio version on my website, which is nikkiallen.co.uk. So they'll be able to get it there. Um, I, obviously, if you're on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and on all of those sites, just put in Nikki Allen, A-L-A-N, and you'll find me. Um, but yeah, so the audio versions of both books are at my website, whereas the paperback and Kindles are available on Amazon. Exciting! If- if people want to reach out to you and ask you questions, what's the best way to do so? If you're on TikTok, that is very, very easy because you can just put the question in and I and I can reply with a video. It's the easiest way for me, to be honest with you. If not, then just email me, nikkiallen333 at gmail.com. But to be honest with you, all my contact details um, are on my website. Um, but that's the easiest way. If you want like a video response, the easiest way is going to be TikTok. If you're not that sort of person, by all means, join my Facebook. Um, it's the profile's full, but you can follow me and I put your question on there. But all I'll say is, is that don't inbox me on any of those forums because there are thousands, thousands and thousands and thousands of inbox messages. And to go to every single one of them, it takes me it would take all day, every day. So if you really want something that's urgent, email me. Or if it's a generic thing about spirituality, the paranormal, I pretty much cover all of it. Then, you know, go to TikTok, find me on there, which is Nikki underscore Alan underscore psychic. Make sure you get the right one because there's about 50 scam accounts. Um, I'm the one with, I think it's 88,000 followers now. That's a genuine account. And then you can, by all means, follow me on there and ask me questions on there. And that's that's predominantly what I do every day. I answer people's questions on there as well as live um, tarot readings and things like that. I just chop and change all the time to keep it fresh. Um, unfortunately, at the moment, because of my health, as I've explained, I've got chronic fatigue um, and ME. I can't devote my energy. It's winter here and I'm very prone to relapses. If I use too much energy, my throat goes and then I end up getting very poorly. So I can't um, dedicate one hour to one person at the moment. So it's all about my writing, my educating. And obviously I've got all my guided meditations, my tarot course as well which is a video interactive tarot course got a very exciting thing coming up with a set of tarot cards which i'm not allowed to tell about anybody about at the moment but everything is always updated on my social media channels so just come and say hi there and i'd love to see you now you do have a youtube channel can people leave you comments there Yes, of course. Yes, of course. I just, it's, we were just discussing this, weren't we, about how many people follow it, various people. You know, it's like all the, all the different followers, the different numbers of followers on each one. But of course, YouTube, come over to me on YouTube um, and ask me questions there and I'll answer them there as well, whether it's just a written answer or you want a video. Um, I'm there to help you. You know, the biggest thing I've been put on this planet to do, despite not being able to physically get out there anymore and talk, until this dissipates or gets me to a level that I can I am just it's like a drug for me I just want to help people I want to make their life understandable their soul existence understandable and I want to just gently try and bring some comfort to people that are going through the worst loss grief of their lives and I just need someone that knows what they're talking about that isn't in it for anything apart from just wanting to help you and educate you And that's what I'm here to do. So come on, guys. 
come over and see me. Come and follow me on TikTok or YouTube, Facebook, and I'll be here for you. And um, we can all do it together. It's the worst thing. Loss, nothing can replace the loss of someone, whether it's a pet or a loved one. And that is why I feel, despite me not being able to go and do all my theatre tours and everything, of it I'm here to give you everything I can I've got I remember Colin Fry saying to me and he said it publicly that I've got a direct line to heaven and I agree I agree because whenever I want to I'm tingling now wherever I want to I can go up and ask whatever I want about souls and anything that humans want me to know so so many people say what about this and I say hang on a minute I'll come back to you I meditate I go up and ask them then they show me a sign to back up it's real and then I share it. It's magical. And as I said, you know, rise and fall. I didn't mean it to be a collection of gobsmacking, miraculous accounts of the spirit world, but that's what it's turned out to be. So if there's anybody that's scared of dying, anybody that's lost someone, anybody that is a bit sceptical, I'm telling you now, read this book or listen to this book, The Rise and Fall of Britain's Best Psychic Medium. I didn't want that title. My editor did. <laughs> was a bit too well and um i think it will bring you the most undeniable comfort because the proof in there is just outstanding it really is god bless you lovely lot before we yeah. finish up can you leave us with one last positive message i kind of had a feeling that i was given a bit of gloom and doom for predictions of the, the the energy of the planet please don't allow yourself to be engrossed in that i'm feeling the goodness that's coming out of all of this uncertainty at the moment from COVID and everything else that's taken place is that people are finding themselves again. People are um, starting to be resolute and starting to create plans for themselves, wanting to go to holistic sides, wanting to go to spiritual side. So all I say is, is whatever situation you're in, whoever you are as a person, the number one thing is to love yourself, first of all, and perhaps do a bit of meditation, do a bit of quiet, mindful walking. I teach you how on all of my channels. And try and find the best possible version of yourself and run with it. Because if you can keep that going and keep that self-love that you can then give out to other people, we're going to change the planet. OK, so all I say to people is I'm getting so much fear and uncertainty and people so scared of what's happening with this war situation, apparently. Um, and I'm just saying, just love yourself, try and connect in with that universal pulse and it will change your life. I guarantee it. I've just said to someone today in an email today, I said, if you start meditating, she's getting weird things happening. I said, if you start meditating and you just plug yourself into that universal pulse, your life will never be the same again. It'll be filled with nothing but signs, synchronicity and magic. And that is all I want to do. Look for the signs, look for the synchronicity, feel and work that magic. Nikki, thank you for that message. And thank you Pleasure. for being my guest. Thank you for having me as always, Jeff. You are magnificent and well done you for every beautiful story that you convey to everybody. Thank you. Thanks for watching the Jeff Mara podcast. I really appreciate you. Another way to show support is through YouTube memberships. And if you do, there are loyalty badges and other perks depending on your level of membership. All you need to do is click the join button underneath the video to find out more. Thank you for your support.